1: And And this this is our
0: house. house.
1: The tournament is in full swing and the action hasn't disappointed. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100, and it's that simple. Turning $1 into $100 is 100 to 1 odds.
0: Pick any college basketball team that's still in the hunt for your shot at winning $100. All it takes is a $1 bet and that team winning their next game. You got all that. There's no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook has 100 to 1 odds on select fighters for this weekend's UFC 260, whatever that is. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN, that's the Hockey Podcast Network, THPN, when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win, that's code THPN to turn $1 into to $100 for a limited time only, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT.
1: Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. I am one of your hosts, Breezy.
0: And I'm your other host, Ray Ray.
1: And this is episode 54, and we have a really special guest uh, this week. He is probably pretty well known if you are a Flyers fan. It is the one and only new Lou Nolan.
0: Yes, he is the PA for the Flyers. That's the public announcer, the public address announcer, however you want to say it. (laughs) But he has been doing this. For 49 seasons. With the Flyers the whole time. It's that's unbelievable.
1: I, yeah, that's crazy.
0: Yeah. Can you imagine he's... being at like
1: a single job for 49 years?
0: No. No way. That's so many years.
1: <laughs> that's, that's a, a lot, lot of years.
0: <laughs> that's a lot of hockey that he's gotten to see players coaches opposing teams players like yeah
1: think of all the monumental times yeah
0: yeah he's seen the the whole breadth of of hockey as you know we know it today which is so cool he's got so many great stories too by the way because Lou was telling us how previously in previous years he was down on the ice in between the two benches where he was like stationed and has has some interesting stories about uh some players interacting with him and (laughs) fan um, stories fan stories he's if you don't know anything about uh the flyers or you've never been to a flyers home game he'll describe that for you as well and he's he's nowadays really known for his pico power play call and i'm not even going to try to emulate it because you can't emulate lou nolan um so i'll i'll let you look it up and you can hear him talk about how that's come about and yeah it's it's a great conversation we talk about gritty and just we we covered it all didn't we
1: literally every single uh every single thing you can talk about i would assume
0: right <laughs> yeah it's great so stay tuned for that but first we have to discuss a few things if you're watching on video i got a haircut
1: <laughs> it looks so good it looks like your personality in a haircut
0: thank you that's the nicest thing you've said oh thanks <laughs> no, you said a lot of nice things <laughs> But yeah, I needed to change. So speaking of change, I cut my hair, I painted my bedroom, and I moved moved across the country. <laughs> and I didn't get any more tattoos. Um, instead, I just changed uh, my location, my hair, the color of this room that I'm in. And then today, I put up shelving. Um, so the room doesn't have a closet. So I had to build a closet um along with some assistance um from a friend here so we put that up today i was using a drill bit wow. and i was drilling holes in the wall and putting screws in and i did a pretty good job That
1: looks great it yeah it's great i just like how you needed a change and you did like the most drastic change you could possibly do what, and if I moving, need to change, not moving
0: across move, the country, not changing my across,
1: hair. Yeah, move across the country. If I need to change, I don't, it just go sit in a corner for like five minutes or something. I don't even know.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I go big. I go big.
1: Go big or go home.
0: Just, yeah, literally. I, yes. <laughs> I don't have a home. Home is wherever I get in the car and drive to. Apparently. Um, hey, you know, it's fun. I like, I like building things. I like, learning new things and like doing stuff with my hands it helps with my anxiety i like to organize i like to clean i like to construct things um so yeah more projects to come
1: i was just thinking i think this episode will mark the (gasps) one year of our podcast
0: you're right happy one year
1: happy one year this is it we (laughs) made it yeah but i do think that this would be the week to the year that we, uh, that we started. Right. That, that is true. It, I think that's true.
0: We're going to we'll go with that.
1: that. <laughs> science, does, science doesn't add up, but we're just going to go with it.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Got to watch some hockey uh, being here in Maine right now. Just watching on cable. The only thing I can watch is, is Nesson. If the games aren't, you know, if it's not Wednesday night hockey on on, yeah. on NBC sports, but can I throw a little shade? Sure. Okay. I don't, should the, I be offended? Like, am I going to be offended? No, but <laughs> no, I'm a I'm little concerned about the Bruins fans. <laughs> yeah. Not liking what I'm about to say.
2: We'll make it an unpopular hockey
0: opinion. Whoever I listened to, which I should probably know, on the Nesson Broadcast of the Bruins Sabres game this week, I think on Thursday, were horrible. The play by play and the color guy were were like missing plays, like not calling the play by play, like skipping over the negative things that were happening for the Bruins. And then the color guy at the end of the first period said they just gotta they just gotta play better. They gotta do better. It's a simple answer, but they gotta just do better. <laughs> it was like <laughs> um okay. I think I could do this job. Uh why don't you guys hire me and Breezy to do this? Cause wow. I don't know what is happening here, but Bruins fans, let me know what's up. Were those guys fill-ins? Is it always like that? <laughs> you deserve butter. That's all I know. Oof. That's rough. I know. I feel, like, kind of bad talking about it, and I feel like I should t- to take this out of the podcast, but, like, Meh. There's... It was just alarming <laughs> how... Uh, just i mean yes they're playing the sabers who we know are having a really tough season but that like any good broadcaster knows that you have to do your preparation in order to make it interesting when you're playing a team that like it might not be that interesting and i don't know
1: yikes well speaking of the the sabers yeah, I haven't had a chance to, to catch any of the games thus far, but I kind of want to start watching them because I, I feel like maybe they just need more people to watch them.
0: No. No. <laughs> they need a, a whole new team. They got a new coach. Um, they need some players. And they just traded somebody else. All they have is yeah. Taylor Hall. <laughs> That's not enough. Uh, well no they I'm don't, they don't need more fans breezy we, we talk i'm gonna see to the Sabres
1: when they <laughs> i know i know i'm gonna see when they play next and i'm gonna try to make an effort to to watch them play uh and maybe give them some good juju
0: all right well what do. i didn't help when i was watching the <laughs> <laughs> so maybe you will help
1: okay we'll try it we'll
0: try it but, uh, yeah I wanted to tell everybody that I am doing live streaming on yes. video once a week on a brand new platform called View, V-E-U-E, View Live.
2: Mm-hmm. It's
0: sort of like Twitch, it's Twitch without playing video games. So anything and everything you could possibly share via a web browser you can do and talk to me and so obviously i talk about hockey and i pull clips and talk hockey and this past episode you can go back and watch i did the highs and lows of of being a hockey player based off of the highlights from the week so like the philadelphia flyers losing to the new york rangers nine to nothing
1: that was crazy
0: high for the New York Rangers and Zabenajad, who had um, a natural hat trick, low for the Philadelphia Flyers losing nine to nothing. So things like that, Um, but you can chat and talk to me and you can see me and then you can see the clips and there's also a super famous hockey player who has an account and is also an investor and that would be TJ Oshie of the Washington Capitals so make sure if you check me out check him out because he goes live as well um, when the schedule allows and was taking fan questions and, and all kinds of stuff so view live Hashtag not an ad, just letting you know where you can find me and watch me live stream. I do it typically on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.
1: Yes. And you can sign up to get text messages to let you know when you go live. Yeah. Which I have set up because I gotta support you, obviously. The only bad sign is uh you go live when I'm still at work. So I know. It's a little tough, but I do watch, uh, I watch back on it. So thanks. You've been doing a great job.
0: Thanks. You've been busy with Bruzy's barbecue pit. Can we get an update please on when people in the greater Los Angeles area can order from you and what have you been making the, this weekend?
1: My nephew, my oldest nephew turned 18 this past weekend And uh, his favorite food is barbecue, which is probably another reason why he uh, is up there on my list of best (laughs) nephews. No, but um, he had a request. uh, He wanted me to make burgers on his actual birthday. And then we had a surprise birthday party for him. So I had to make two different kinds of chicken and pulled pork. And then he also had a request for me to make my pork belly burnt ends today and ribs. So we're doing a whole weekend long of uh, barbecue food for him and just kind of celebrating him in his 18 years of awesomeness, as he would say. Uh, So yeah. And as far as when you'll be able to to get stuff, still working out the kinks there, still doing some pricing and figuring out uh, all the logistics, I guess, of it. Uh, My website seems pretty good, functional. Uh, I just need to just need to man up i guess and just pull the trigger. <laughs> no, I, there's some prep i got to do. I got to get the to go containers and still figure out just kind of uh the small stuff, but soon, very soon. Anything else in the hockey world?
0: Nah. I was looking at headlines and nothing was that interesting. I'll read you yeah. the three. I'll read you the three that i thought were the most interesting and we're not going to talk about them.
1: Burdor's
0: face mask is up for char- that's up for charity is bringing devil's flair to PPE. So they made like a baseball hat and a COVID type face mask that looks like um, Burdor's goalie helmet. Mm. Boring. The next, <laughs> boring, the next headline. Um Stasny is playing his 977th game to tie his father. Um, that will happen on Monday when the Jets visit the Canucks. Paul Stasny <laughs> is gonna be tying his father with NHL regular season games. That's pretty cool. That is cool. That's the it. interview is way more interesting than anything Breezy or I have to talk about today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go listen. Let's let's just
1: let's just listen to
0: Lou. Welcome to the house Lou Nolan. He is the PA for the Philadelphia Flyers. He has held this position longer than anyone on the other 30 NHL teams and is in his 49th season. Lou's been through it all. Stanley Cup conquest, the renowned Flyers Russia game and Broad Street Bullies brawls. And he's acquired a few trademark announcements as well. Let's hand it over to our conversation with Lou Nolan. We're rolling. So Lou, tell everybody who you are in your own words.
2: Well, first of all, uh, I'm pleased to be with you guys, uh, Ray Ray and Breezy. So uh, uh, and, and to be on your show. Uh, I am the in-house announcer at the Wells Fargo Center for the Philadelphia Flyers and had been for a large number of years and um, grown up with the Flyers uh, I was an original employee there at 67 and uh, that's when my hair was a different color and uh, <laughs> I just keep rolling along and having a good time at it
0: so tell us about uh, the exciting announcement you made uh so let's go saturday march 13th um as a pa announcer what was so special about uh that that game
2: well uh the saturday march 13th game uh is that 2020 you're talking about
0: oh no 21 how about that well you could do both tell us about both
2: well uh i consider all my announcements to be exciting (laughs) <laughs> but uh, on the, on the in 20, it would have been the end of the season as it stood there before we had our lockout and um, uh, COVID lockout, which has done a, a lot of different things to us. Uh, it's um, uh, something it's difficult to deal with, but we're still doing it, like everybody is in the league under NHL COVID regulations. Uh, from the standpoint of the uh, game uh, on the 13th, Uh, You know, I I don't know what was actually more special than any other things, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know.
0: What I was getting at was that there was finally fans in attendance.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, actually, that's our third game with fans in attendance. Wow. Yeah, but it's limited to 15% in the state of Pennsylvania. So uh, we were allowed to have uh, 3,000 plus. And uh, it was great to have them there. I mean, I felt really good about it. Uh, I was very happy to see them. Uh, the only challenge is uh, that uh, I am not in a penalty box doing my announcing for the COVID uh, protocols. Uh, I am in the uh, up in the press box as far as I could possibly be uh, from the action uh, on on the goal line that we defend twice. So I look down, and when the goals go in, I can see it in the back of the net, which I couldn't see so much down on the uh, on the ice. But uh, I miss it. I can't wait to go back down, and I certainly hope I can.
1: For sure. I mean, how was it coming into the arena that day, knowing there's fans that are going to be in here? Uh, I mean, it has to be a completely different atmosphere than how it would be at full capacity, right?
2: Yes, uh, very much so, uh, Breezy. And uh, let me begin with something else. Uh, When we came back in the bubble uh, and um, we did games on, uh, on the web, for our uh, um, on the website for our fans, and um, we broadcast from there with not only nobody in the building, but no ice. There was no ice; it was just concrete and uh, zero, zero people. So that was really strange. We were watching games on monitors, which were a few seconds behind. So uh, our radio, and TV guys were down down press row and we could hear them when there was a goal scored and we wouldn't know about it for eight or 10 seconds, but uh, we knew it was going to happen. And um, from there, when we came back, we came back to no fans at the beginning of the season, uh, which was not much different than having no fans, no ice, but uh, we persevered with that. And then after that, we put the fans back Uh, the first time, first game that you're alluding to uh, was, interesting you know you always want to be on your game you know anything you do you know you, you, you girls are there you want to have the best thing come forward and do the best podcast you can ask the best questions we want to do the same thing you know we want to put a put a program together that goes out to the fans that uh they're having a good time when they get there now they automatically had a great time because they hadn't been there in so long they were quite happy to be there um and um you know it was it was just a lot of fun but you got to be on, you got to be on, you got to be right. You know, you can't mess it up. And, um, they, we owe it to them to, uh, to put a good show out there. And, uh, with all the hijinks that goes on with Gritty, our mascot, who you probably know, uh, he's a little crazy man. And, um, you know, so we work hard at it and we, we usually do a pretty good show.
0: Wait, I I just have to tell you, I love gritty. I think the whole persona and the shenanigans are just a hoot and a really great thing for the for the <laughs> like younger generation of fans. Now we know um, from speaking with Kevin Kurz, who uh, is originally from Philly, but he's a writer for The Athletic with the Sharks now. He, of mine. Yes, and he was <laughs> saying, um, Ringo. Not not gritty.
2: Um, it. It's gritty coming <laughs> in the back door. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> but yeah. he was saying that the fans initially in Philly were kind of like, "What is this?" You know, like, "What is this?" Uh, and they weren't like fully on board with it. What are what was your experience with with the whole gritty thing?
2: Well, I, I can validate what you're saying. Uh, uh, it was pretty much a secret. I had seen a picture of him, but didn't know much about him. But they nobody let on what was coming. And we knew it would be something that looked a little like the Philly fanatic or, you know, some kind of a thing with feathers or fur or something, but we didn't know exactly what it was going to be. And, um, I got a little preview of it before it happened and I knew we were going to bring him on and we were going to bring him in in a second period, uh, during intermission. And, uh, you know, when they're shooting t-shirts and doing all these things and sure enough, here he comes and, uh, you know, He's out there, and I don't think he was on skates at that point, but um, he's a very good skater. He's just a great athlete. I'll tell you a couple stories. But uh, he's out there, and the fans kind of were very, I wouldn't say cold, but they had to be convinced. You know, it was like, whoa, what's this? Um, And um, then uh, the second time he's out there, he's shooting T-shirts, and the gun malfunctions, and he shoots one of his own T-shirt shooters. (laughs) And that was kind of funny. And people like that. And then he was refereeing a goalie race. We had three goalies race three times around the rink. The winner gets, I don't know, whatever. It's all set up. And um, sure enough, he's skating that day. And he just hip checks all three goalies right into the (laughs) boards from one side of the rink (laughs) to the other. And the people loved it. And that that was the beginning uh, where... He started to be uh, really, really loved by the fans. Then the young people took over Mm -hmm. and there are gritty everything, you know, gritty things. Uh, You can put them in your window in your car with suction cups. You can do anything you want. And um, uh, he's also a fabulous athlete. I've seen him in a costume sink a half court shot while making an appearance in an NCAA game. Uh, Did you see him snowboarding? Yeah. Have you seen that? That's incredible. Uh, he does everything. He's, 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 he's amazing. Uh, we do an alumni camp every year, uh, just like baseball does in lots of places. And I think the Kings probably have one. Uh, the alumni people come in and play with the alumni players and so forth. And um, he came down to the, the night, one of the night things we did there, which is like at a bar with a tent. We get a comedian in and all the guys were just, you know, our players that uh, from the teams and our alumni are there. We're all having cocktails and adult beverages. And here comes Gritty. And we had set up these two um, axe-throwing lanes for the guys to do something, and they were taking turns with it. Well, he walks right over, gets the axe, boom, bullseye. <laughs> the guy is amazing. I mean, he's just one of those people that is able to do things and uh, – uh, unlike me, who you know, uh, I just talk <laughs> it makes it a lot easier.
0: Oh, that's funny. That well, tell funny. us tell us a little bit more about the fans since we're kind of talking about them right now. um What's your relationship with the Flyers fans? You've been for what is it forty nine seasons? You've been doing this the the PA now Yeah,
2: you did right. your homework. Yeah,
0: yeah. So. Tell us about the fans and and what's your relationship with them and then and or describe them. Maybe you need to describe them first for people who maybe have a preconceived notion of what Flyers fans are like. And then you can tell us what your relationship is.
2: uh, We always say we had the best fans in hockey, as they say in Toronto, as they say, uh, you know, uh, at the Kings. So uh, everybody has what they think of the best fans. They just react differently to certain things. Now, Philadelphia is a tough town. Uh, You're performing, you're doing fine, but they won't hesitate to help you know when things aren't going real well. But, uh, you know, uh, when I'm in the penalty box, down through the years, I've gotten to know an awful lot of people. And when they come to the game, they come down and they visit. And early on, I brought one or two people into the box fair mission. And uh, then it got to be a little bit of a parade. People would come down and be waiting to see me and all this stuff, take a picture. I don't know why, but they do. And, um, you know, but, but they're terrific, terrific fans. Uh, you get to know the fans. In the early years, they worked without glass. So that was interesting, at you know, the spectrum. And um, the glass behind me was very low, so... I could stand up and be at eye level talking to the people behind me, very low glass, which led to a couple of different fights in the stands with players going into stands and things. Anyway, they changed that, and we're pretty much in a box now when we're down there. And um, but uh, they they understand the game uh, when when you've been around uh, the team's been around since '67. Uh, lots of the people initially that came when prices were lower and made every game all season really got to know the game. There aren't as many of them anymore that way. Uh, There are lots of corporate, uh, you know, things, things change and prices change. Corporations buy tickets, different people come to games, but they're still pretty much having a great time. And, uh, you know, at the point where they're saying, okay, uh, you know, uh, I'm enjoying this game and I'm learning what icing is, what offsides is. You know, uh, and so forth when they put the red light on play stops for two minutes, you know, these kinds of things they're figuring out. So uh, I characterize our fans as knowledgeable, uh, appreciative, sometimes caustic when they need to be when when they think they need to be. I really don't think they need to be that way. But there are certain things that have happened down through the years that, you know, makes you wonder why they do things, you know, an element of people do whatever they're going to do. So, but, uh, I love them. They're great. They're, they're good to me. They always have been great to me. Well,
1: that's a, a very good thing to hear. They should be good to you.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, breezy. Yes. Yeah, I certainly so, hope so. What do yes. you ever do
0: to them? Nothing.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, I, once we had a, a, have you ever gone to any of the games where they've had the bracelets? People have had the bracelets and the colors
0: Oh well,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. At the concerts. Yeah. Yeah. It's a concert they do. We did it in hockey and um, we had the bracelets sitting on all the 20,000 chairs and people put them on and, you know, and uh, they're all orchestrating, They're doing certain things. And uh, the one game that uh, uh, we had them in, we were losing the game. And then one of our guys ran the opposition behind the net boarded them and the ref gives a, um, gives a penalty to him. And here comes some bracelets, you know, maybe, maybe hundred, 150 bracelets. Come onto the ice. It's not good. It's not good. You both know that. So I make an announcement and I say, you know, do not throw any of these bracelets on the ice. It's danger to players. It's whatever I said. And the referee has just told me Paul Dvorsky, he's a good buddy of mine. He says, Louie, if you throw any more of these things on the ice after we clean them up a second time, I'll give you a penalty for delay of the game. I said, okay, Paul. So I told the fans, you know, don't throw any more. We're going to get a penalty. So, of course, something happens. Here comes another dozen bracelets or so. Paul skates over and says, I told you, you know, I mean, uh, two minutes for a delay of the game. So I got on there on the mic and I said, okay, folks, you know, I asked you before to stay classy and I told you about a penalty and now you've done it. We have the second penalty because of what you just did. You know, if you're sitting beside somebody, that is getting ready to throw a bracelet. Don't let them, you know, let's finish this game and, and see how it happens. So it's, it's, it's gotten that way a couple of times, you know, uh, in the early years they, they learned that you don't hand out things on the way in to people, you hand out things on the way out. If you're going to give yeah. something away, <laughs> otherwise it possibly could end up on the ice in any arena. So, you know, can I tell Very you?
1: True. I mean, I'm only like drawing a blank here, but if you're getting a penalty, like the crowd is basically getting a penalty, who serves the penalty? <laughs>
2: like, Well, he, when the referee comes over and he gives you a delay of the game, he gives yeah. the penalty to the home team because okay. it's the home arena. So yeah. we already had a guy in the box. We were already down one guy. They do it again. Now we're down two guys. So I admonished them, and a couple of writers said I was like a petulant school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and talking to the fans, but uh, uh, they made a t-shirt with my picture on it, which said, stay classy fans and all that jazz. So uh, <laughs> anything for a t-shirt for marketing, what can I tell you?
1: Yeah, man. I would hate to be uh, the fan to know, oh man, I did this and this player is now going to hate me because now they're sitting in the box because of me. That would suck.
2: <laughs> right. Absolutely. But there are, you know, when there are hundred of them, Who could single anybody out?
1: Yeah. (laughs) And we don't even know who they
2: were or whether they were just people that were there for one game. Yeah. It's not likely anybody that loves that game of hockey would be throwing things on the ice. It's just not acceptable, you know?
1: Right. Exactly. Well, tell us uh, what a day in your life would be uh, maybe pre COVID, because, well, we don't like to talk about COVID right now.
2: Uh, A day pre-COVID. Okay. Well, I mean, a a game day is what you mean there, Breezy, game day. Yeah. All right. The first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to check a roster at home here. Uh, I'm going to print out a roster, look down the roster, and make sure that if there's anybody's names that I haven't said before or I don't know, I will look them up. Uh, I'll go on the team website maybe, and I'll I'll hit a highlight, and I hear how their announcers pronounce the names and make a note. I also have a pony, a bit of a pony They, that the league gives out about pronunciations, but it's not always right, pretty much, but not always. So I get those when I'm really stumped, I'll go down and see the, uh, the PR guys who are trainers uh, and, um, you know, ask them about the players' names. I've had I've had them go in the trainers say, well, we're not sure about that. And they went in and got the guy. They put the guy out in the hallway. And I said, I'll be an answer. I need, uh, if I have to use your name pronounce it for me. And he said, ha, I'm scratch. So don't worry about it. But here's how you say it. So, you know, good guys, hockey players, great guys. Mm-hmm. And, um, which leads me to, uh, you know, go a little further. Uh, I will uh, get there about two hours before a game, uh, go to the press room, get a bite to eat, look down on all the stats that I need to know, uh, make sure my pronunciations, as I said before, are correct. And then I would, uh, 6 o'clock, I'd wander down the hall and sit on a chair outside the room. The guys come out and uh, uh, get ready in the hallway, you know. Uh, It used to be back in the old days that everybody charged out at one time, goalie leading them. Nobody was wandering around or standing around. And then uh, uh, Mike Richards, and um, I guess it would have been, uh, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, And uh, they, they started standing out in the hallway before the game. And then more guys came, more guys came. And now I would say there's probably as many in the hallway, lining the hallways after the rink, you know, and just giving each other high fives and doing these rituals they all do. And uh, as many as are in the room. And then when the goalies finally go, everybody goes out. At that point, I'm going around to my position. I know how much time I have. I know when I got to be there and so forth. So I'll go down the hallway, come around, come down the stairs, open the side door and go in. And then I start and, you know, we'll do a, uh, after all that prep, uh, we'll do a little pregame announcements and, uh, you know, then uh, the, the show starts and everything's scripted. It's all scripted anymore. You know, there's right. no, but nobody is extemporaneously saying an awful lot. I'll change things, but right. you know, it's just the way it is.
0: Quick question for you, John yep. Tavares or John Tavares?
2: Well, I don't really have to worry about it because he's in the North right now.
0: Well, I know, but we've had a- <laughs> I it. I don't- Tavares. Tavares.
2: Yeah, I would.
0: Okay. Tavares. But I
2: don't think John cares. Well, that's good. <laughs> yeah. But that's he, good. He's one of my favorite guys to watch. He's a, he's quite a player. Yeah. I had him for a long while when he was with New York. And uh, then I guess he moved to Toronto and um, yeah, he's a player and a half. Yeah. I'm not sure if he's on the long side of it now or not, because they've got these two young guys that are really kicking butt. So uh he was the top player on the team for a while and now he's like number three. Yeah. So you know. Hey,
0: it's not it's not a bad place to be though.
2: No, he's he made his, his millions. Show. He's in yeah. good shape. Yeah. Much better than I, <laughs> believe me. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so let's go back to your announcements. I just had to know from your expert um, opinion on something about uh with Tavares. I think that's what you said. See, I've already forgotten it. I'm going to have to go back and listen. (laughs) Either way, um, you were saying that you change up some of your, you know, everything scripted that you announce, but you have taken some creative liberty with things like the Pico Power Play, which you are so well known for. Um, Do you have a favorite thing to announce or do you have a really memorable announcement you've made or a goal or, or, you know, a play? Uh. That's probably hard to pick one, but.
2: Yeah, it is. There, there have been a lot of them. I know that, that the announcements I've made that have stuck with me are uh, on 9-11 when uh, the World Trade Centers were hit. Uh, when we came back to play a couple of days later, um, I had to uh, uh, stop a game and cancel a game uh, in, in process because uh, the president, Bush, he went on and talked about it. And our guys were on the ice now for warmup. And they sat down uh, and, and they they all were watching it. Everybody was watching. And, um, you know, then they went in the room and uh, we had the, you uh, know, and all, and all the televisions all in the concourse. And it was decided the game was tied, 2-2. It was decided that uh, the game would end in a tie. It was preseason. Didn't matter. Nobody cared. So we ended the game, and I remember saying that, you know, uh, out of respect for, you know, uh, what we just heard, the game was going to end in a tie. And I remember the people cheering so loud. And, you know, when you did the anthem uh, prior to that game, people singing it and and so forth, Uh, it's just – that sticks with me. Um, I did the Olympics, and I have a couple announcements from the Olympics that stuck with me, uh, especially the Chinese women's team, which I fouled up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did you I say? Know, last
2: name's first, first name's last, you know. Oh, yeah. Uh, but uh, the, the French announcer that was sitting with me, I'm doing the game, and uh, I'm I'm reading off a computer, no paper, no paper on the computer, and I'm reading, and uh, he's in my ear, and he says, hey, Louis, they're all looking at you. Now, when they're looking at you, it's not a good idea, okay? <laughs> Something's wrong. So yeah. I'm saying the names, and one by one, that they're all on the line. They're going – <laughs> they're turning they're looking seeing where i am i had all the names backwards so we fixed that for the next game that that they were in but i was a men's announcer but uh i'd let off and that was the first game chinese women against bulgaria or something i don't know it was, oh, crap. i didn't know any of them but i do know most of the guys uh that played and a few names stumped me but i learned about them do, but, you, have a, uh, you, do know. you have a
0: favorite name to say
2: uh simon gagne was always a good name i always like french names uh because they rolled they rolled really nicely and um yeah so uh that was pretty good i had a tough time with yanni ninema i just couldn't say it you know gary thorne would you know that name gary thorne he did espn for a long while with hockey in fact espn has a deal now to come back i know and uh, i don't know whether he'll do any but uh, he was a good announcer but uh he uh uh, he could, couldn't say Nenema at all, and um, neither could I at first. Um, huh. But uh, if, if you if you syllabize syllabalize it, it—that's the word. Yeah. You can do it. Crazy. So uh, well, you sounded the,
0: like you said it perfect. So it's hard. Ninema, to say it. yeah, it's <laughs> Nenema.
2: but it wasn't for first. It was not for a while. Then I had a guy uh, say to me uh, once. Uh, he got a penalty, and his, he, I thought he was Swedish, and it was uh, C-A-L-E was his first name. He's a big blonde-haired kid from Jersey, and I called him Kali, and he leaned over at me, and he said, hey, asshole, it's Kale. <laughs> Pardon me for the for you fans. I said to myself, okay.
1: Okay. He was always
2: Kali whenever I said it again. Yeah, he's a creep. Why would anybody say that? I told him, have a little respect, pal. You'd probably be down in minor leagues in two weeks, you know? So it's just, it's crazy sometimes. Things happen.
0: I love it. I love that yeah. you were like, screw you, dude. I'm gonna oh, you know, i am got to call you. Yeah,
2: he, <laughs> he shouldn't say be that. Nice. You know, yeah. I mean, all all the guys that are the office officials, you know, yeah, they work hard at it. I had one guy in the penalty box once, again, it was Jersey, and um, he called the guy next to me. The timekeeper, Baldy, guy asked me a question. He says, I don't know, Baldy. So now that sets me off a little. And with that, the glass in front of me breaks. Somebody hits it and it goes, woof, powder, bad, right? So we all move out of the box and I go under the ice and the player is standing on the ice because he was in a penalty box with a referee. Right. And uh, I went up to him. I said, you know, I said, you know, you should have some respect for, for, for this guy. You know, he's a timer. He's been around a long time. You know, I, I don't understand it. Why would you say something like that to him? So the ref says, Louie, what are you trying to do to me here? I'm having enough problem with this game. You're insane these guys. Get the hell out of here. So he chased me away and I don't know, you know, Yeah. you get some liberties when you've been around a long time. And then when you, when you push too far, you, you get told. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever gotten hit with a puck then? Basically oh, yeah. what you were saying with the, with the glass.
2: Yeah, well, when we work that glass, I can recall uh, that uh, uh, once, I mean, my wife didn't come to the game. She was at home, so I figured she's watching the game, and um, I'm sitting there, and a puck is deflected. Boom! I get hit right in the head. So I'm Ooh. like this, and the announcer's upstairs. I used to have a hookup where I could talk to the announcers. I was like the original guy between the glass wow. when there wasn't anybody. I, TV had I a mic, like, so... Right. They, they said, let's go down to Louie, Louie's hit so um, Bobby Taylor, who was with Tampa, he's uh, announced with Tampa and played with us, he says Louie, says, are you doing okay, are you right there, so I went I, I couldn't make my mouth my tongue wouldn't work, because I was like stunned, and yeah. it finally did and I said, honey, I'm okay <laughs> thinking my wife is watching okay. me on TV after getting hit in the head with a puck so everything's fine. I go home and uh, go in the front door. And, you know, I figure that she's going to come and greet me and give me a hug and all this. And she's on the sofa downstairs to sleep. Oh. So I go downstairs. I said, Did you watch the game? Uh, no, I, I, I conked out early and I didn't watch any of it. I said, Okay. <laughs> well, the world knows that you're there. But uh, I don't know. It's nuts. Just nuts.
1: Oh, that's too funny. So I got to ask, what is it like to drink out of the Stanley Cup?
2: Uh, an honor. Uh, and um, it's just, uh, I, I, uh, I, in the room after the first cup, we won the first one at home, May 19th of 74. I remember it forever. And that's one of my announcements, you know, last minute of the play in the third period. I didn't say anything about the cup because if they score a goal, they tie. I wouldn't say that, but so, uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, it was, it was fantastic. And, uh, the, the, locker room was so packed with people. I mean, everybody and their mother was in there and, uh, you know, waited my turn, got my picture, did all that, you know, everybody, everybody's having a good time. And, uh, about, uh, three weeks later, and this was before the players got a day with the cup, which they do now when they win. I mean, you know, guys like Jeff Carter and all that that have won cups out your way, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, he's taking it somewhere, wherever he lives. I don't know. I didn't see Isle City, New Jersey once. But, um, no. <laughs> he, and, he and Richie. Uh, and, um, yeah,
1: I don't think Philly likes uh, likes them too much now. No, so. <laughs>
2: other people do it. They don't, they don't really like that. But yeah. <laughs> in any event, uh, I I was asked if I wanted to go along on a photo shoot uh, with the Stanley Cup and the Liberty Bell. In Philadelphia Now the Liberty Bell Back then Was still in Independence Hall So it wasn't in its own building now Where people walk through and see it So I said sure I'll go Joe Cadillac Who uh, uh, was the original PR director And buddy of mine uh, He he called me and said So I get my picture with the Liberty Bell In the cup Which is a great shot And I tell the guy who's watching the cup This is before the white glove days Mm -hmm. You know we didn't have any of that and I tell a lefty, I said, see that uh, PSFS up there, that bank? He a big building? He says, yeah. I said, I work in there. I said, we're not far from there, and that place is loaded with girls. I said, we should take the cup there. He says, okay. So we built the cup in Cadillac's car, in Joe's car, and we go up and park downstairs the parking lot underneath the building. This is like a 35-story building, and I'm going to worked on the – ninth floor but i'm bringing the cup into the main two-story huge expanse where they have the bank and i come walking in with it and it was like it stopped traffic absolutely stopped traffic and word got around the cameras came out and it was uh it was pretty cool to take it what about
0: what about all the ladies
2: yeah they liked it too (laughs) (laughs) Lefty, lefty liked the ladies Lefty, <laughs> Lefty always liked the ladies. He was not a slave to fashion. He would wear like plaid pants, striped shirt, paisley tie, you know, and a different color plaid jacket. He was a uh, curator of the Hockey Hall of Fame for a little while in the early years. Oh, but uh, what a wonderful guy. Wonderful guy. Oh, my God. But uh, yeah, all kind of good stuff, you know, I mean, it's, you can go on and on and on and on and, and uh, things come to mind mm-hmm. that uh, I've even forgotten, yeah. you know, um, but um and, and he, two, about two years ago, we wrote a book. Uh, it's one of a series of books called uh, These Walls Could Talk, Philadelphia uh, Flyers. And um, a lot of the things that are in the book were stories that uh, the fellow that co-wrote it with me is a sports writer, you know, we sat and we talked about things for hours and he recorded them all. And then, thank God, he was able to write it that I didn't have to do that. But uh, it's done pretty well. And, you know, it's a couple of years old. People are still asking for it. I'm yeah. still signing the occasional book, but uh, mm-hmm. it's good fun. Yeah. Who'd ever thought? Published? <laughs> Give me a break.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> hysterical. Yeah. Do you have a we'll ask you uh one more question and then we do our final three that we ask everybody. So okay. um do you have a favorite part of your job? Like, I mean, you know, you didn't set out to do this, I I assume, based on what I've read, like in the beginning. This was this your ultimate dream job, and then like or did it, it just sort of happen, right? Uh,
2: absolutely not.
0: Right, right. So Yeah, it happened.
2: I, uh, I mean, I always watched the original six.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I'm sorry, what else did you say? Oh, no. I, I, was... I always watched the original yeah. six. And um, I guess, I mean, I, I never believed that the basketball was coming back to my hands when I dribbled it. So I always had to watch it, so guys always took it off me. And I played <laughs> football, I played soccer, and, you know, things of that nature, and baseball. But... My neighborhood guys played a lot of basketball and I didn't. So I played street hockey uh, back when it wasn't really in vogue. And um, uh, I, you know, we used to get broken sticks at one of the minor league games and take them together and put on our skates and go skate behind the school. And um, that's what led me into hockey. And uh, I met a guy at the beach, that's all his name I mentioned, Joe Cadillac. who's also a friend of a good friend of mine, Doug Robb, who was out on your coast. Mm -hmm. You guys may know Doug, Mm -hmm. and um, fine man. And uh, so, uh, you know, he became the PR director. I met him down the beach. We used to get a house at the beach, and I met him that way, and he became the first PR director of the flyers. And I said, if you need anybody to help you, I'll help you. So for a couple of years, I did stats and handed out things to people, got to know some people. And then the announcer left, and I said, I want to do that. Can I do that? Because I was already making announcements in the press area, but uh i was missing most of the game because we didn't have the tvs that are now in the press area every five feet there's a big television well (laughs) there weren't any and um so i missed most of the game i'd be writing and i hear a cheer and it was a goal uh so uh missed them all that those years for the most part and um you know went down there and and auditioned for that and and got that job and favorite part um just when I start out and, uh, you know, if I'll say a big goal and the people cheer and uh, just, I just like the people. The, the fans are great. The fans are the best part of all of it. And uh, they come down and say hello to me or tell me that uh, they don't know me, but, uh, you know, they, they're they hockey fans and somebody gave them tickets and this and that and the other. It's people. It's people. I'm a people person, you know. For
1: sure. So our final three questions are, who is your favorite hockey hunk favorite hockey hunk
2: my favorite hockey hunk
0: yeah
2: <laughs> wow i don't know how about katherine tappen
0: well that we have Ooh. a hockey lady <laughs> question so katherine huh? tappen can be your favorite hockey lady
2: oh okay well i mean <laughs> after all that's uh, the who I really think the best looking guy in hockey right now? Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Patrick Sharp, I guess. <gasps> right? Is he not a hockey yeah. hunk? I know you guys do hockey hunks. Lou,
0: yep. you're
2: you're. up there in the top ten.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. he's oh, my yeah. he's my ultimate hockey hunk. My really? cur- yeah, my current is Matt Barzal.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's Matt, like boy. A, can he play too? <laughs> no,
0: he's like Man. a younger version of Patrick Sharp. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. they look. Well, I similar. think I don't know
2: him that well, but. Uh, uh
0: in looks at least and maybe yeah, not in i guess play.
2: He, he could sure play <laughs> pat, pat played here for a while and then um uh, he sort of left here he got sort of run out of town by the coach uh back in those days who didn't like to put young guys in the games mm-hmm. and he went on for a great career with chicago yeah
0: you know? he
2: did great career yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah okay number two
0: well number two was your favorite hockey lady so we'll keep it with katherine tappan unless you have a, a separate one
2: well, i got a few of them, but I'll stick with Catherine for now.
0: All right, and okay.
1: Breezy hit him with the last you guys,
2: one. You guys, you guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the final question is, do you have a Sidney Crosby story?
2: Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, yes. Even though Sidney plays for a different team, I respect the fact that he is an outstanding player, uh, one of the best ever. Uh, and uh, he always comes through and when it really counts for his team. And I've met him several times. Uh, I'm good friends with the guys in Pittsburgh that are the trainers and so forth. And I would always see them. And Sid was always hanging out there. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was nice enough to give me give me a stick. Uh, I have one of his sticks in my collection. Wow. And uh, just uh, just an okay guy. Uh, would always take the time to, uh, to meet kids and stuff like that. But he's under lots of pressure, you know. Oh, yeah. It's like when Wayne Gretzky used to come into town, you know, when he was with... Uh, his first team Edmonton when they'd play here it'd be him and no problem and then you know then, then he went to LA and um, there'd be a few people hanging out with him and making sure he got where he had to get and then when he was in New York it was like you know he had these uh, protectors you know men in black that were mm-hmm. following him around and making sure yeah. nobody barred him but yeah. he's a good guy too so yeah. but Sid I like Sid so um, although I don't like it when he plays against us <laughs> yeah. but he sure is fun to watch And they're good. Pittsburgh's good. This whole our our whole division is good. So it's going to be a difficult time for uh, for us going forward with all these teams. You know, we got hit by COVID pretty hard and coming back from COVID is is not easy for these players that were at the top of their game and they got to work their way back. So Mm -hmm. we'll see, you know, exactly.
0: Well, do you, are you on social media? Do you do you have a website? Do you want to tell people the name of the book again? Um, obviously, well, they know they can catch you uh, in in games at all the Philly home games. But yeah, the
2: uh, the book is called "If These Walls Could Talk: Philadelphia Flyers," and it's available on Amazon. Uh, there is a fan website uh, PA announcer Lou Nolan that uh, somebody put up years ago, oh, uh, and um, you know you could find me. On Facebook. I don't do any of the Twitter or any of that or any of those other things. But uh, if they look around, they could find me. And uh, hey, listen, I had a blast. This has been great.
0: Oh, thank I hope you guys uh,
2: enjoyed yourself and that I uh, presented myself properly for you and did whatever Heck you yeah needed to do to make this a success.
0: It is a success. Thank you for sharing all those stories about your time uh, with the players and asking names and and all of those great memories. You hit us with like 300 stories, which are incredible. So we appreciate (laughs) it.
2: I got a lot more. Okay. (laughs) Some other time, maybe.
0: Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Lou.
2: You're welcome. Thanks for uh, having me aboard.